red five. I'm going in. <laughs> Welcome, Star Wars fans, to another edition of Trench Run Report. This is our first week post-Mandalorian Season 3, and we are jumping into our May the 4th episode, and we will be discussing the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi and re discussing the Return of the Jedi movie. That will be the entire episode this week. So may the 4th be with you as we discuss Return of the Jedi. So I guess we'll start with me, <laughs> as it was pointed out, I am the only person that was alive when the movie came out originally, <laughs> which is staggering, 40 years ago. Um, so, I mean, I have a lot of very vivid memories, but to, to backtrack a little bit, um, I was 10 years old when Empire Strikes Back came out. And I remember very clearly keeping in mind, like, it's very easy to forget now that, like, when Empire Strikes Back came out and they had the I am your father moment, and then there was nothing for three years. And so for three years, people were contemplating, like, is he really his father? Right. Like, is, he just is that them? true? Because yeah. it isn't necessarily verified in the movie, although at the end there's that you know, moment where they sense each other in the force as right. he's flying away and he says, father, but as you can probably imagine, like if that had happened now, yeah, people would be, is that true? Is that not true? Is he lying? Is he telling the truth? So a lot of the buildup to that left a lot of people really shaken. Like, like I remember personally, like walking out at Empire Strikes Back with a very strange feeling because it was such a shock. That reveal was such a shock. So for three years, a lot of the build-up to it was, you know, <clears throat> is, is Vader his father? Like, is that really true? And is that, you know, so there's a lot of build-up to that. Um, and then, of course, still just, you know, tons of build-up. This was, this was the first time that they said this was the end of, the, of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> the final saga First you know, three like, times <laughs> you know like so so it was very much uh there's a lot of anticipation you know that we're you know looking forward to this movie but there was also a lot of you know this is the end this is the last you know that this is before streaming this is before <clears throat> any meaningful television for franchises like this so this was it this it was like okay all right here we go so it was very exciting but it was also very final um but i do distinctly remember and this was back also this was pre like multiplexes this was pre you know modern day movie going couldn't pre-order your tickets you couldn't even like they didn't even have like a people didn't camp out you, you could i don't even know if you could purchase the tickets before the day of the show hmm. and it was so it was all very old school so i remember very clearly um, I had to drive about my parents, my, I think my mom dropped off me and my, my middle school 
closest friend, I think I've mentioned this before, but Neil Barnhart, if he's listening, which I seriously doubt. But, <laughs> um, I remember very clearly going to, to see Return of the Jedi, and you, you basically you had to get there early, you bought a ticket, you had a physical ticket in your hand, and then you just got in line, and the line you know, wrapped around the whole building. And I remember you, you know, you'd sit outside for like two, three hours or more. And, and we went opening weekend. It wasn't Friday. I think it was Saturday morning, Saturday during the day that weekend. Um, and, you know, so there's, there's this long period of waiting outside and you're, you can hear the movie <laughs> kind of playing in the theater. Um, but you can't really hear you see, what's like, going on. People coming out having just seen it. it well, right. we were so wrapped around. We were in the back, so we didn't really see. You know, <laughs> was your was your like showtime or seat confirmed or like no? Like you you, you bought just, a ticket for that time, but like you might not have gotten in, and then what? No, you get in. Oh, they they don't sell more seats than they have. Oh, okay, but there's that's why you you had to get if you wanted a good seat. Right. You had to get there early, and wait in line. Mm-hmm. And okay. then when they let you in, it's a free for all. Right. Like, you know, okay. <laughs> runs in. That was true for Phantom Menace as well. Phantom Menace, uh, to my right. recollection, did not have assigned seats at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had to get there early, get your ticket, and I mean people would wait. You know, out. I mean, I didn't get there. I mean, there. When, by the time I got there, which I got there pretty early, there were still already people lined up. Like, <laughs> like it was. It was a. It was an event to be to say the least. I mean. And, but it was a different time, so there wasn't, you know, the the buzz and the hype was really primarily through, you know, television news or whatever, and like newspaper. Like mm-hmm. there was not like this, you know, no one was in line on their smartphones. No, there was nothing, nothing right. even remotely resembling that. So it was a very just different time to have this kind of event happen. But it was an event for sure, um, and I distinctly remember. Um, you know, watching the movie for the first time, very clearly, the most, really the only thing that really stood out to me that still resonates with me even right now was just, I, it's hard to even describe, like, seeing the scene where Vader turns for the first time, and it was just surreal like did you have any idea that that was gonna no. be happening no Mm-mm. like even once the movie started or as it was picking up you're just no. like you didn't see it didn't coming to the last you don't second. see it coming wow and i mean i'm 13 right so even close like even in that moment when mm-hmm. palpatine is force lightning you know trying to kill luke i don't remember thinking oh is he gonna? Is he gonna save him? Is he gonna save him? I was just like, what's gonna happen? Like, yeah. Um, so that that moment, like, it, it, in in terms of, in terms of like, right, this is before the prequel. Like, there's no Anakin. There's no, you know, it's just here's Vader. Vader was like going back to A New Hope. Was just he was the consummate bad guy. Like, there was nothing redeeming about him. You know, he was he was just this evil, dark sinister he was Darth Vader that's all he ever was was Darth Vader and then at the very end of the trilogy when when he saves Luke and then takes his helmet off it's, it's it was a very strange feeling it was a very powerful cinematic moment hmm. 
and it 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 left you very emotionally drained. Like by the, I remember walking out just being like, "Whoa!" I mean, Darth Vader's his dad, and he's saved his like. It was just it was just, it was it was a moment. It was it was. It was a really, you know, to this day, it's still like that. That is still one of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars. Is that that last sequence with Vader mm -hmm. and Luke and the Emperor? It's 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 as good as it gets for Star Wars. Um, but I mean, I re and I remember, but I also remember the, the, a very bittersweet feeling, like leaving the theater and like you got to remember, like again, like. Like you'd walk out of the theater and it was like, unless I go see this again in the theater, like that's it, like and it's gonna go away. And like VHS and movie rentals were just starting to be a thing, and you know it would been I don't even I don't remember how long it took for it to come out on VHS, but it was quite it was a you in in, in that time I think it was like a year or mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. before anything would come out on video, so you oh, would wow. just see the movie and that was it. Um, which I think is what made collecting at that time so much more exciting, because mm -hmm. it was like it was the only other way that you could kind of relive. Mm. Did the it movie. run in the theater for longer than it does now, which is like a month? <laughs> oh, for sure. It ran like months and months and months. Yes. Yeah. Um, like all summer and stuff, you could see it. Again. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember. I don't recall how many. If I saw it in the theater more than once, I, I don't think I did. Um, but I remember getting out of the movie and I, we we took the bus home so we rode on the bus and it took us pretty close to where we lived but then there was a the bus line kind of ended and then we walked and i remember just processing everything and it was just like it was weird it was a really weird ending it was a it was a you know I, and I don't, I don't know how else to describe it other than it was just very haunting and very bittersweet and very like story's over and you know Vader turns and then he's dead and you know the whole thing with Leia and everything <laughs> and that was it and that was the end that was the end of Star Wars as as far as anybody was concerned did you see the narrative. sister thing coming no or like or what did you or did you have to go oh wait a second they made out in the last movie <laughs> yeah no I remember, <laughs> I remember even as a 13 year old being like mm, what what like <laughs> Okay, well, I guess she didn't know, but they did still totally make out, <laughs> and that was awkward. That would have been awkward. Yeah. Um, but I think that I think that I was. That's like the perfect. I think I. I, I really. I mean, I. It, I could not have been. I mean, like, more perfectly. Like I was seven years old when the first one came out. And yeah. I was ten when the perfect second. Like that was like. I was like square in the sights of like everything about Especially like, for the merch. Star Wars, the toys, like it was just, and it completely like took over my childhood. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, it was wild. It was, and, and at that time, you know, once the movies were done, um, there really wasn't, I mean, video games weren't really a big thing yet back then you know there was like very basic wasn't a ton of stuff going on it took until like what 1991 to get like the Thrawn trilogy like the first like, like EU books I remember I remember yeah. that coming out and I remember going to the bookstore and 
remember reading those books. Because um, those were those were the first ones to come out think after so. the movies, right? I believe yeah. so. Mm-hmm. That was like the well, start there was, of the year. Well, Shadows were, of the Empire. That was, yeah, that was, that was the No, that was after. I, I, I think it's yeah. that. I had that on N64. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was... But that. But at that time... So... it. Like, it was so... It was, it was not... That was very... Like, it's weird because on the one hand, people read more back then. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I don't think people were paying as close attention. Right. To the liter the, the the books, as they are now, so yeah. it was a very, but but it was the only way that you could continue to engage Star Wars for really in any meaningful way. Comics were back then still very sidelined, like nothing like it is today. Like yeah, they 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 weren't very heavily tied with the movies either. No, and, um, and they were they were still comic mm-hmm. books were still something you'd like get on the spinner rack at 7-Eleven or like mm. I mean, there, mm-hmm. were, there were comic book stores but they were always like in the bad part of town <laughs> there was not a it wasn't like today where it's like there's like a, one of the biggest section in Barnes and Noble is graphic novels and comics like that wasn't like that like you didn't you couldn't find a comic in a bookstore right so it was very a very different time in terms of media and culture um, but yeah that was you know and I remember, and then the next, really the next thing I remember is when they re-released the special editions in the 90s, and late 90s, um, and I mean, it was just crazy, I mean, like, it, I'm pretty sure, I don't recall, and I, but I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, when, the, when they were all re-released <clears throat> in theaters, number one at the box office, like, yeah. everybody went back to the movies to see everything that came out, I think they were... Seven. It was like Mar- January, February, March, or March. Yeah, it's like every mm-hmm. each month they yeah, released one of them in theaters, and yeah. you know, and it revived you know people's interest. But that was all. None of that was connected to any future movies. And I don't remember. Right. I don't remember a lot of speculation. Like there wasn't like a constant buzz of like, will there ever be a Star Wars movie again? Will it? It just wasn't. That wasn't a, a thing that could happen. <clears throat> even. Like. At the you time of the special edition, was was Phantom Menace like known to be coming out? Mm-mm. It wasn't like they didn't have a it was, teaser or anything. It was like just very soon after. Very soon after they were like, it's coming nineteen ninety nine or whatever. Very soon and after, I remember. Then that trailer dropped. Like, the announcement, and I remember that very. Yeah, I remember it was like I, downloading on their when quick, I their confirmed that whatever. there was a new Star Wars movie coming out. <laughs> I flipped like, and and again like it. It's nowadays like every movie that comes out, you're like, is there gonna be another one? Is there gonna be another? Yeah, it's just it's like you know, it's just is there gonna be a TV show? Is there suits at the top are like, when is that coming out? Or or, like, and because Star Wars never was in, you know, like because the original movie was everybody thought it was doomed from the beginning. Like Mm -hmm. Star Wars as a trilogy was completely unprecedented, like completely, Mm -hmm. like there was nothing. I think the Godfather m- m- maybe was close to that, but the Godfather was not family entertainment. It was not, <laughs> it was not accessible to families, and, and Indiana Jones hadn't had the third one come out yet. That no. was like '89, I think. So they had just the two. And it was, but Indiana Jones was as popular as it was. It was nothing like right. the hype that the, the Star Wars trilogy had, and it, and it. I think the thing that that's the most. 
for me, just having been seven, 10 and 13 and, and experiencing it in real time in a, in, a, in a very different cultural and media landscape, like, like it was, it was unprecedented, like everything about, you know, and, and so when Return of the Jedi came out and it was out and then you went and saw it, there was a very sad, it was like, I remember, I just remember, like, the combination of the Vader turn and seeing him take his helmet off, his mask off, and then leaving the theater realizing or thinking that you'll never, this story was over, mm-hmm. was just, it was, it was very, very, yeah, it was a really strange feeling. It was a good feeling, but a very strange feeling. And, and there was no, and, and then there was no, like, the only people you could talk about it with would be whoever was right in front of you. Like there was no, like I couldn't go home, you didn't go right. home and go on YouTube or go on, so, like there was no engagement, like mm-hmm. there was no chat rooms, there was no Twitter. Just the there school was no, yard. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yes. Like it was either your friends in the neighborhood or your friends at school. Like your cousins or, at the family reunion or Thanksgiving. Or yeah, or, and, and I think that was a big part, like I said, of what drove collecting. It was like, mm-hmm. for kids, it was like, it was the only other way you could kind of like relive the moments right. in the movie. Which now, toys are just kept in boxes, and you know, <laughs> we, we don't even. You, know. you wouldn't know anything about that. Oh no! <laughs> kids, kids don't buy. I mean, I'm sure there's kids <laughs> who buy those toys and play with them, but like, oh yeah, it is. It is a very different time, and I, I yeah. So, Return of the Jedi was, you know, it, it had its flaws, and there were things I remember distinctly. The only thing I really remember, I think from the from the time that it came out, I think that generally, like it was pretty pretty immediately received as the lesser of the three movies. I remember people saying like, "It's good, but not as good as the first two. And I think it's maintained kind of that status up to this point. Yeah, generally. like as a whole, I would say that yeah, probably is true. Like, like it has the highest high points. Probably, or at least mm-hmm. like that pinnacle payoff at the. Like the, the I, I distinctly remember, though, yeah. I very clearly remember, like, and I'm really glad that it didn't happen in today's landscape. That the Ewoks were the thing that people were like, what? <laughs> like, it's just, if you, if you think about, like, all the previous, you know, like, there was just, it was, you know, yeah. Yoda was. A puppet, but he he he, Yoda. They pulled off like nobody mm-hmm. really was like, "Oh, that looks stupid" or whatever. People loved Yoda from the beginning, right? He was instantly iconic. The Ewoks were not received that way. <laughs> if they had done the Ewok hunt from Battlefront Two version of Ewoks, yeah. oh yeah, been like, oh look how cute and cuddly. But then it's like they should have done like a Gremlins switch. Like if Gremlins had come out earlier. Then they could have like gone that route of like they're so cute and furry, but then at night they're like vicious, yeah. and they could have made even the little, battle at night or something. Little like, beady oh, this eyes, is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Like it was the <laughs> first there's a reason time. they live high up in the trees, and they like, they have like all these like skulls, and like they're like they're actually like hunters, and that's how they knew how to do all that stuff with like the traps and like the giant. They could like they're good at catching big scary things. You know, it was the first time I remember <laughs> ever hearing the accusation leveled, oh, you did that to sell furry toys. <laughs> well, I think right. he's pretty much on record. And then... Of, like, saying we were not going to sell as much if it's Wookiees. Like, it needs to look like teddy bears. Like, George Lucas, I think, is on record. Basically yeah. Admitting that. I mean, that, that, was, yeah. that was the first time that people were like, oh, like, 
there was a complaint that that was too childish, <laughs> that it made the movie feel like too childish, or that it was just to sell stuffed animals, or stuffed Ewoks, or whatever, um, and and that it and that, that was the that was and, and I mean the Ewoks are so prominently featured that mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people didn't like that. I was like, what what is that? And, and then they doubled down and made two Ewok movies afterwards. Well, and then they, <laughs> yeah, and the cartoon. And like, oh yeah, yeah, and the cartoon. How about yeah. when I give you Jar Jar? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, then he doubled down. He's like, I'm going to make this main <laughs> character that's like just. You thought the Ewoks were annoying. Um, and then we got Pelimato, the yeah. unbroken chain. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, I, I, and I remember, you know, I, back in that time, like you, 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 because you didn't have access to the actual movie, you, I remember you just, you just, you zeroed in on anything that was available. Um, novelization, there would always be like a, like a picture storybook version. Um, I immediately got that. You would immediately get the soundtrack, immediately collect the toys so that you could essentially, you know, stay connected to the movie because there was there was nothing else to connect to. So, um, but and I was just you know thirteen, going on fourteen, I think. I, you know, where I was like thirteen and a half, almost exactly, maybe a little bit younger. Um, but you know, I was getting to that, getting close to the age where I was probably supposed to outgrow things like collecting toys or whatever um but so much for that <laughs> but yeah i mean that's that's my recollection of it um what, what was the fan reaction back then when luke got the green lightsaber because he had the blue one yeah Empire. or like he comes out like choking gamorian guards you're like what luke is this like because there's there a little bit of a dark side tinge to him we're like the only other person we've seen choking people Again, different different period of time. There there wasn't any real outlet for people to dig into those kinds of things. Like, and I don't remember anybody really. Now again, that might be also because right. I was only thirteen. Maybe maybe some older fans would have picked up on that stuff. But it was a different time. Like we, you know, you know there wasn't like fifteen hundred videos on YouTube right away about what color lightsaber. You know, it just wasn't that kind yeah. of thing. It was just more. Like, oh, you know, Bader says he made his own lightsaber. Cool. Like, it wasn't like... Well, a simpler time, huh? It was <laughs> now where it's like, according to... Everything's blah, analyzed blah, blah, to death blah. now. <laughs> you know, the, the lore... And, and, and to, be fit, to be clear, like, I, I... Honestly, there's a part of me that yearns for that. I, I, I think mm -hmm. that's why I, I struggle with engaging Star Wars content now, because... You know, the, the reality is is that the original trilogy was a series of kids' movies, and it was a fam family entertainment, and it was flawed, but the only people who really had a voice in all of that were critics who wrote for newspapers, mm -hmm. and that was it. Like, mm -hmm. and I certainly, I don't remember a single person my age who didn't like that movie. <laughs> right. There was right. nobody Though... going, oh, well, but... Uh, well, there, I forgot the guy's name, but, like, I remember uh, there was, like, a clip that I seen, like, uh, years back. Um, there was this critic that, like, really hit hard on the Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. Um, saying that it was, promotes violence to kids. Mm -hmm. um, it was shoddy storytelling. And I remember him 
uh, debating with uh, Roger Ebert, mm-hmm. who was a huge critic back in the 80s yeah. and 90s. And he, yeah, he loves Star Wars, and he defended that thing. Mm-hmm. And I and I remember That's that on YouTube. Debate. That, that yep. whole like mm-hmm. episode of that debate of those two is on YouTube, and it's really fascinating. I think it was right. I think it was like the weekend before Return was coming out is when they aired that. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, he like, but he, the guy like didn't quite get it. Like he didn't. Yeah. He didn't get his head around like the cultural moment. He was kind of a dinosaur in that way, and like. Like, so he was like, it was a bit of a straw man where he's like criticizing this thing that he isn't even fully understanding. <laughs> you know? Right. And, and it was, in, in the moment, like, there was nothing bigger than Star Wars at that time. Like, like there was nothing even, mm-hmm. like, the closest thing to it would have been Indiana Jones, any of the Indiana Jones films, or Jaws. Which by then was... Which was only one movie. The second, the rest of them mm-hmm. are... A really a non thing. John's 3D a... really <laughs> but it, it, so it was it was such a phenomenon it was it was it was it, it, it is not it is by no there's no this there's no, by no means an understatement to say that the star the original trilogy like was unprecedented in every way like in terms of box office in terms of wide appeal in terms of marketing and merchandising, I mean, like it was, it was that none of that had ever happened before, and, and now that's all we have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's like everybody's trying to, you know, and now it's come so full circle that now Star Wars is trying to figure out how to be like Marvel or be like, you know, but but in that in that time period, like Star Wars was like stood alone, like in 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 a way that nothing else did. There was nothing, nothing like that, mm-hmm. you know. Even Indiana Jones, like as popular as it was, it, I never had an Indiana Jones action figure. Right. You know, I had this. I liked the music, but like, it didn't hit the way Star Wars did, mm-hmm. and it so dominated the cultural landscape during that time and even after for so long. Really, I don't think anything really even came close to it until Marvel. I don't think even anything even could touch it. Maybe Harry Potter. Well, but you know, yeah. But really, Harry Potter was not a cinematic. Star Wars was a purely cinematic event. It was not based on the source material, merch, and stuff. But it had yeah, but it had the books. Like yeah, well yeah, but like, like Lord of the Rings when those aired like in oh one or two oh three every Christmas, like every like like my grandparents who don't go to movies, we went to see like we went as an entire family to watch Lord of the Rings. Like that was like. A once in a lifetime, knock on wood, <laughs> cinematic experience. <laughs> Apparently, they're remaking it. Please don't. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that wasn't. I mean, that wasn't like merch and stuff. There's nothing been like a pop culture juggernaut like nothing. Star Wars. Nothing has it still ever been. We're still here forty years later. Right. And I think I think that that's that's what I remember the most is like just the way that collectively, you know, and. It had, le- I mean, which, and so the fact that it was supposed to be over, and then somehow, I mean, like, for it to for it to have such staying power that George Lucas could revisit it fifteen years later mm-hmm. and have instant, it's like, I mean, literally, it right. just it was like, oh, watch this, I'll just flip this switch, boom, it's we're back in nineteen seventy seven, like he just. Kept it going. N- nothing else does that. No- nothing yeah. else does that. Like, 
you can bring back any of the franchises of the 80s or 90s. They would never have that resonance where people just, the hype is instant. I mean, the mm -hmm. hype when Phantom Menace was, you know, trailer dropped and when it came out was, uh, again, unprecedented. Like, nothing like that. It was the most anticipated movie that's ever been made, in my opinion. Maybe, mm -hmm. uh, maybe Force Awakens had similar anticipation. Well, everybody saw Titanic. But... <laughs> right, and somewhere around that time, what was that, 97? Mm -hmm. That was like a... But, yeah, not in the same way. Because that was... I mean, the, I mean Titanic was... Titanic was uh, yeah. It was I mostly mean, for the spectacle. That, that, that as a one-off <clears throat> movie... Yeah. Tr beat everybody. But yeah, 15 years after the conclusion of a trilogy, to have it just pick up where it left off without any decay or any... Like... Yeah, there was, like, no, there was no drop-off. Like, spin-up, like, everyone's like, hey, remember like, Star Wars, everyone? And it's like, we're ready for this. Yeah, yeah. it was it was, it was was literally overnight. Like, <laughs> and and it was, it was, you couldn't escape it. Like, it was, it was, it was, it was wild. And, and it, I think that, 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 you know, to go from 1983 to 1990, I always forget the exact year when it came out, when Phantom Menace came out. But, 99. That's a, mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's a, <laughs> during that time period, something called the internet started to be a yeah. thing. Like, there's a lot of things that changed. Well, like, all the old fans, the people who saw it all now had kids mm -hmm. uh, who were the, by 99 were the age that they probably were when they saw Star Wars. So, like, it was, like, literally for the next generation. My kid, I had one <clears> of my kids the other day actually tell me, yeah, the prequels are actually kind of my original right. trilogy. Like, they, that's mm -hmm. their nostalgia. That's their thing. And, but, and, and, you know, I don't know that we have a good beat on what, um, the children of the sequel trilogy will be like and what, you know, right. kids think of these movies. I think that it will be very similar, but, um, it's, it's basic, I mean, regardless of all of our thoughts about the sequel trilogy, like Star Wars did did the same thing three freaking times. <laughs> like, I mean, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, Marvel did it once, and now they're trying to do it a second time, and it's floundering. Yeah, but I do think, I think the Infinity Saga, like Phase 1 through 3 of Marvel, that run for, like, kids that are, like, maybe mm -hmm. in college now down to, like, cognizant, right? Mm -hmm. Or old enough to have watched those movies, let's say, at the youngest, right? Eight and up, <laughs> maybe eight's pushing it up to like college age and they were like teens when it was first coming out. Like I yeah, feel like that's so, their Star Wars. Like that like Gen Z the young Gen Z cohort, like I feel like MCU phase one through three is their cultural juggernaut mm -hmm. moment and not the sequel trilogy of Star Wars. That was just like extra and like nice to have but like they don't get all the hype and like because it was so incoherent and because it was like botched, it didn't land like it should have. And Marvel did. Like they had the coherent story that all culminated in a satisfying conclusion right so like marvel picked up that baton for that generation i think so that's why like star wars might be in trouble for like young gen z's because they're not pulling them in um they're they've trying. been pulling them in with, with sequels Donald maybe Lover with lizzo yeah <laughs> yeah I, so like that'll be that remains to be seen they're still young but like uh i feel like yeah the mcu then the 2010s like f filled that gap or like stepped up and took but even even no. with the even with the MCU, so there's two things about the MCU that I think are important to, like in my mind, like obviously I'm super partial to Star Wars, so like I'm always gonna 
vote for Star Wars over any Marvel stuff. <laughs> but um, number one, like Marvel is all based on source material. Like it's not an original True. story, and it's not something that was made literally out of from scratch out of one filmmaker's head for a, as a movie, right? Because it was made as comic material. Yeah, it, it, the Marvel comics and all those characters existed for decades before mm -hmm. anybody thought to make a movie of them and then they adapted them to movies like which had happened before but n nothing like what they planned to do but i mean it it i think there's still i think you, from a box office standpoint and from like the the idea of like event movies and like mm -hmm. bringing people to the theater yes that that marvel really gave star wars a run as a whole, but I still, I still don't think, I still don't think Marvel rises to the level of like what Star Wars is in terms of just being so deeply baked into the cultural collective mindset. Like, I mean, Star Wars is just, it is so deeply baked in and rooted in now three generations of people. Well, is or was? Is. Right? Still is, you think? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I still don't think you can, anything can come close to the recognizability of Darth Vader. Or oh, yeah. Like the iconic, I, I mean like this, so like, the. I mean like the Joseph Campbell, like the story, the mythic hero's quest, like all of the, like the cultural fertilized ground that it grew out of. I feel like that has changed a little bit. Like the morality, like the morality tale of good versus evil. Like you hear a lot more of the gray stuff, or like like that panel at Celebration. Where like, oh, the good thing about Star Wars is like there's no such thing as good or evil, really. I'm like, have you seen Star Wars? Like it's very clear, like it's very apparent what's good and what's evil, right? And, and that's, it's not so morally like morally relevant. That's where and, like, that's where I think I we're think like the, losing a generation here. Where we're like, you guys are disconnected. The dis well, see, and, and that's where that's where I think a very it's a very how do I say it. Um, at the time that Star Wars came out, prior to that, was also when all True. this dark, you know, gray Watergate and all that stuff was like. But even movies, like it was like mm -hmm. you had antiheroes and you had you know things like The Godfather or The French Connection or you know this, these movies that were not. They weren't uplifting or mm -hmm. heroic. They were more like grim. Right, you know, taxi driver. That's what I was saying. Like, I think that that's the itch that Marvel scratches, like the superhero, good guys win. Like, someone need to look up. Like, it's a new pantheon, right? Like, we have the Greek gods, we have the other, and now okay, the new I'm, pantheon is yes. these superheroes because it scratches that itch and fills that void in a very like narcissistic, nihilistic, cynical world that like all the Gen Z kids are all so yeah. cynical about everything <laughs> and it's like but yet they are attracted to like that optimism of the sheer and optimism I, I think that's America, I right? think that is where I think that is and pulling it back to Return of the Jedi I think that is where you know doggone it those Ewoks are freaking cute <laughs> and you can't get sad watching Ewoks Hug Princess Leia, or you know, right. they grab Han Solo's leg, and he's like, you know, yeah. it's just like, mm -hmm. or like the one that like, be like, we need a distraction. Then he goes off, and like, he plays with the speeder, and then chases off right. a bunch of scout troopers, and we're like, hey, cool. And it's like, it's funny and silly. It's like a Jar Jar moment, but it's like, it's cute and fun, and like it works. I think, and, I think, I don't know, that, it just works. <laughs> I think that at the end of the day, 
what Return of the Jedi really represented. Because if you think about the the prequels, they were darker, I think, in many ways. Yeah. Um, and more complex, but still for kids. But I think that, I think that, for me, what I personally feel is that Star Wars is kind of its own thing, and which is why, even though I loved Andor and I loved Rogue One, there are a lot of people who didn't like that because it just didn't feel like Star Wars. <laughs> and I think that that's a valid argument. I think who was it that said? Andor's really good TV, but not super good Star Wars. Was that Jacob? Uh, yeah, yeah. We we were talking about that, and I did mention that uh, it's like good structurally, like for TV, but not like it feels totally different from Star Wars. Right. Yeah. Totally. But I I think Jacob worded it better than I could. And 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 that's that. There's no question that that's true. I think the question is just whether you have a a taste for Star Wars branching out into those right. kinds of ways of doing storytelling. And I definitely have a taste for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I personally, I have no problem. I can, I can enjoy Andor and I can enjoy, you know, Book of Boba Fett. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have, well, I can't enjoy that. Um, <laughs> that was too far. That was, that was just too, 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 too poor. But I do think that Star Wars, I, what I'm saying is like, and again, pulling back to like, like, I filter Star Wars through my experience as a child with the original trilogy. Yeah. And that's Star Wars to me. And so I think Star Wars is at its best when it doesn't necessarily try to be something that it isn't. When it just tries to be Star Wars. I think that the last episode of The Mandalorian Season 3 was, in my opinion, a perfect example of that. Like, it literally was formulaic Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You had a space battle, a ground battle, and this very intimate conflict with yep. our main characters. And it was simple, straightforward storytelling, really mm-hmm. cool visuals, music, everything's, you know, that's Star Wars. And when it does that, and the, I've, I've, it has rung in my head quite a bit what you said, you've said so many times, Justin, like, you know, mm-hmm. did I have fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like, did I have fun? And, there's, I have always, like, Star Wars is like this, it's, you can enjoy it and kind of go like this at the same time. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, I love this, this is great. Oh my God. Like, I, I'll never forget when we were sitting, I don't, did you go to the marathon before Force Awakens? No, you, did, you just went to Force Awakens. No I, no, I just went to Force Awakens. I will never forget sitting in that marathon. All six movies? Yes, it was all six and then Force <laughs> Awakens on opening night. So we sat through, my kids and I sat through the whole six movies. <laughs> Varying states of being awake. Oh my gosh. Starting and, with the prequels, right? And, In order? Or was it release starting order? With, no, it was release order. Okay, yeah. And, <laughs> and No, 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 I'm sorry. It was prequel. It was... Like chronological. Yes, order. chronological. Yeah, yeah. I will never forget, like... I mean, so obviously, like, there's no one sitting in that marathon that doesn't love the other Star Wars. <laughs> but there was collective, like moments especially during attack of the clones where people were just like oh god <laughs> like you could hear people laughing and like people <laughs> sighing and people going oh my god like oh can you just 
I can't, I can't breathe. Yeah. Like it's, but everybody's cheering by the you know, end of the movie. Like, like that's how Star Wars has always existed, right? I mean, like even the actors when they're making the first movie, they're like, "Who writes this stuff? Yeah. This is terrible." You know, yeah. it's just what is Harrison this? Ford's like, "It ain't that kind of movie." Kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it is. It, it's it, that the end is of all of our careers. That is part. I would argue that is part of the appeal of Star Wars is that. It refuses to take itself too seriously. George Lucas refuses to take it entirely seriously. Mm. He still insists on making it for kids. I'm convinced, like, I know, like, there were things in the, the prequels that he literally was like, well, this is from my kid's favorite childhood book. And this is from, you know, like, he's mm -hmm. just playing in a sandbox with kid things. Like, he's not even, mm -hmm. like, halfway serious. Like, I mean, sure, there's, like, these, like, I mean, he's literally making a commentary on... You know, yeah. the war on terror. Yeah, war on terror. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but straightforward. Stuff, yeah. Like, no question. If you couldn't pick that up, <laughs> you, you weren't paying attention. But but it doesn't matter because that's not what you like. You, yeah. you can enjoy the whole thing without even understanding right. any of that. And mm -hmm. I think that what Return of the Jedi, in terms of like hitting me at 13, like when it's like, I'm just, you know, Oh boy, like right, 13, 14, 15. It's like, you know, you're, you're creeping up on that age where it's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not into kids stuff anymore. Like for no good reason. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that, I think that what Return of the Jedi represented was kind of the, you know, the, the coming of age of kids who grew up in, in that, in that mm -hmm. trilogy. You know? And then there was things about it that, people didn't you know adults didn't like because they're like why is there a bunch of teddy bears running around and and why is you know why is this person that he that luke was that leia was smooching now his <laughs> brother like um i was completely but, spoiled with my teenage years so like 12 <clears throat> to 18 i had star wars the matrix lord of the rings and what's the other one but at least those three major franchises like those all came out during my middle and high school years. So like like 2002-ish, I was like completely spoiled because I was like, yeah. I had two, two episodes of Star Wars going under my belt, two episodes of, of Lord of the Rings under my belt. I was reading Lord of the Rings at the time and then like one or two Matrix movies had come out by then. Like, but, so I was like a little bit, I don't know, it was a little different where I, was, I wasn't getting any sense of like, I'm too old for this. It was like, I was totally in the right, zone for that. Right. Maybe that's because the prequel. I, mean, I, I didn't feel that way up. when I was 13 and The Return of the Jedi came out, but I was that was right around the corner for me. Right, like, yeah. You know, like, it's right about 14 or 15, usually, when, when like, you start to have that pressure to not be a kid, not be right. childish, you know, and all the weird pressures of middle school that mm -hmm. nobody ever wants to relive. Hmm. Like, you know, I feel like the pressure is completely gone nowadays. I don't know. I'm not in middle school anymore. So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like the world forces to grow up as much as it, like as early as it used to. I feel like it was like, Oh, you're 13. Like now you're not a kid anymore. You're an adult. Boom. That's it. You don't really get a childhood or adolescence. Like adolescence maybe has elongated <laughs> the last couple of generations. But anyway, that's I, I, so there. I'm gonna turn the tables because I did any of you see Return of the Jedi for the first time in a movie theater? No, nope. no, no. You all saw this. First time I saw it in the theater was the special edition, but I had seen it on VHS at home, the non-specialized version. So I ha and I still have those VHSs, but um, 
my first like theater experience was those was three in a row. Yeah, so for you guys, your original exposure to a theatrical experience was any that? any of these the original trilogy movies was at home. Right. Yep. Uh, that that is correct. Through, through parents. Yep. yep. And like cousins. Which is and, what mm-hmm. my kids' yeah. experience was. It was it was watch this. Yeah. I yep. actually got into it through a friend through a homeschool group. And we started talking, and he he had asked me, "Have you ever seen have you seen Star Wars?" How old were you? Probably like nine or ten. And I'm okay, like, so it's still yeah, that's yeah. So I'm like, no, I haven't seen it. He goes, "I'll bring it next next week, and I'll let you borrow it." It's VHS. Parents let me watch. I'm like, this is really cool. Had they seen it? I have, I have no idea. I don't remember, but then I, I remember it was also our neighbor had the trilogy like box set and I thought that was the coolest thing. <laughs> he had all, all three movies and loved Empire Strikes Back. I, I've, probably, I've probably seen that like a hundred times. It's like, run over to the neighbor's house, can I borrow the, the third one? Or the, the second one? <clears throat> and then... Were you hooked like... Yeah. My, my brother and I we were just hooked. <laughs> hooked right away. Getting lightsabers for Christmas when those came out. All mm-hmm. Everything. And I remember, I remember watching Return of the Jedi with, at a buddy's house. I, I don't remember if it was like the first time I seen it, or probably, no, probably like ten times I've seen it or whatever. And I, I, I don't remember why, but I remember Vader taking the mask off. He was really scary. <laughs> He's like <laughs> deathly pale, mm-hmm. and as, when I was a kid, it's like that's kind of cre- creepy. Mm-hmm. And. Watching with a buddy and his brother, and I'm kind of like peeking around the couch. He goes, "Oh, it's not scary." I take take a look. It's like boom, right there. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, I don't know. There's just a lot of cool memories. Like my brother and I, whenever it'd be like, "Parents are gone. Let's watch a movie." Grab Star Wars. It was, it was just like, it was the thing. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, that's a like, is there? I don't know that there's anything. I don't. I mean, obviously, I'm partial, but like. I like it's how is it so rewatchable? Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I mean, I've been watching these movies <laughs> yeah, for forty five years. It's background like music, but in a good way. Like, like it's, it's, it's the soundtrack it's, of our lives. As it it's were. like yeah. utterly timeless. Yeah, like well, what do you want to watch this time? Let's watch that again. Like, yeah. the, like, like yeah, and you always find something new that you never saw before. I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't in the background, it's, it's like, inexplicable. Like I'm sure that there's people who have that experience with other things. I'm not saying that right. Star Wars is unique in that way per se, but we're going to see a 40 year old movie in the theaters on Friday night. <laughs> yeah. It's probably going to be full. Uh, I did check. It it, it like 90 90 percent of the yeah. theater is full now. Yeah. Wow. Uh, compared is, to when I. When, when literally everyone could just watch it at home, right. the theater's going to be full, right. like, 40 years later. But I haven't seen Return of the Jedi movie theater since 1997. It's been 25 years. Yeah, I mean, like, it, I have to see it. <laughs> you know? And it's so utterly rewatchable. <clears throat> I love it. It's Return of the Jedi is my favorite mm-hmm. out of the trilogy. I think, I think that... I've heard that a lot. Like, it's people's favorite, but it, they are like, it's not the best, but it's my favorite. Like, Emperor's the best. Over hope is a classic. I would like, argue that as that, a product, you know, and then like my favorite, just for personal reasons, is Return of the Jedi. Jedi. Yeah, I hear that a lot. I and think, I, w- I will just say it: Darth Vader at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, he is so shiny. Yeah, that's true. It's oh, like whoever yeah. buffed his helmet beforehand, yeah. <laughs> because the Emperor's coming. So he's like, <laughs> oh, that that those scenes 
the scene when Vader arrives, yeah. and then the scene when Palpatine arrives, Woo. are that's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's not. All there's the, nothing like the fascist troops all. There's up nothing yeah. particularly complex about it. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. looks really cool. The sound, the music, the mm-hmm. visual. Vader. Well, just the foreboding of like the Emperor's coming here. Like the guy's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. And you gotta remember, like, you know? <laughs> like, and, and again, like we didn't have like we ne- when when Return of the Jedi came out. That was the first time you ever saw Ian McDermott as right. the Emperor. The previous in Empire Strikes mm-hmm. Back, it was that Different. terrible looking the chimpanzee eyes guy. Yeah, like it was like <laughs> literally they used chimpanzee eyes for him. like now. It's like when you see Palpatine in Return of the Jedi, it's like it's. Mm-hmm part of some, a much bigger canon of portrayal and storytelling and all that. But, like, back then it was like, the Emperor? Whoa. <laughs> I've never seen him before. Like, so that mm-hmm. fuzzy hologram right. where he had, like, beady little... And then you're like, what's this guy's eyes? deal? Right? You're like, why is he so scary? And you're like, he looks scary. But then you're like, oh, crap. Like, he, like he, when it starts revealing, like, oh, this guy's, like, one step ahead of everybody at all times. Like, he set this trap and like, oh, now he does lightning oh, on his fingers. The, like, what? Like, the I slow, could, like, I could development. Watch the, like, the, 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 it's, it's, a, it's tough for, for me. Like, it's really tough because like the last third of Empire Strikes Back and the last third of Return of the Jedi are the best Star Wars in the original trilogy. Like, the, like, like the Bespin. From, from the time that Luke arrives on Bespin yeah. to the end, and from the time that Luke surrenders himself mm-hmm. on Endor to the end, mm-hmm. it's tough. That's oh man, like. And then like the trench run, the trench run, of course, is another classic it example, is. of course. But there's something about there's something about that whole throne room mm-hmm. encounter, <clears throat> and how it's so perfectly synchronized with yeah, what's happening battles. on, on yeah. Endor and in space. Like mm-hmm. it's so perfectly done. Like, it's perfect. Like yeah. I, I just, when I watch it over and over, I'm like, this is. I can't find a flaw <laughs> with how they're doing this, and it's perfect. And Empire Strikes Back was very similar. I mean, it's not quite the same as Return of the Jedi, but Empire Strikes Back, like, be- oh man, I mean, it's tough. Like between between the Vader, Luke thing, which was right after Han Solo, like the Han Solo being frozen in right. carbonite scene is. That was really- like very similar like, like when that when that when I first saw that in the theater like when that happened I was also a very like whoa like we're all like waiting like, just like Lando like is he checking is he alive like we're all like did he die like yeah the end, of, the real end real of Empire Strikes Back was really emotional because <clears throat> you didn't know what was going to happen mm-hmm. and like and you knew you were going to have to wait three years to which is like another part of but Return of the Jedi was that was Han like what was going to happen right. to him? Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and he knew he was alive, but he had a way out of his contract. <laughs> but like, yeah, is it is he going to be alive? Like, how is he going to be alive? Is he going to be dead? Is he going to die in the movies? they probably didn't how have much in the trailers, him? right? At all? What's that? They probably didn't have much of Han in the trailers, just to keep that a little mysterious. I don't remember. But again, it was a different time. Right. You could only you see the trailer in the yeah, theater, you watch it. and yeah. then you might not remember what was in mm-hmm. it. Like, And it wasn't even like... When Phantom Menace came out and people were going to the theater for a movie just to watch the trailer and they left, like we weren't even in that space. It was just like, you yeah. may have seen the trailer, but most people probably didn't. Right. Unless you went to the movies enough times. It's but not like, on like the pre-release posters as much as like the post. The, the Return of the Jedi, po- yeah, the, the initial one was just the blue. Right. 
lightsaber thing. But yeah, I mean, it's so so. I mean, like, it's 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 just interesting to me. Like, it's just like I remember, and like for me, like having the been on the other side of what you guys experienced in terms of like I was a child. It was around the same age that you guys all were when you would have first encountered Star Wars, and then I was the parent, mm-hmm. like showing my kids. You know, it's hard to wrap my head around sometimes. <laughs> Um, like I'll, I go to work all the time at Apple with coworkers that are my kids age and I'm the reflection of their parent who showed them (laughs) Star Wars and now they're huge fans, you know, at Mm -hmm. 20 something years old. Um, and I, you know, it's, it's something that is a big part of it too, is the, I think what really gives Star Wars its legs truly is the shared experience of it from one generation to the next. Like, people don't just associate it with the movie itself. They associate it with their childhood. They associate it with, usually, their dad, right? Like, their parent who showed them the movie, and then they and then they, ref- they have this bond around that experience that usually happened with friends and family. They, you know, it's, and it, it, it has, like, for me, you know, with my kids, it's like, you know, believe me, I mean, like, I didn't, I wasn't, like, trying to indoctrinate them. They just liked it. Like, it stood on its own. They just, yeah. just show it to them, and they go, mm-hmm. that's freaking cool. And, then, you know, and I remember, like, many times where my kids would ask me to put the movies on, like, right? Like, it was like, they, they wanted to watch it. Hmm. And... But that's why I'm so curious to hear, like, more of, like, you know, because that's part of the experience of Star Wars is this multi-generational, you know, where, where, like, I'm sitting here with people who weren't even alive when the original trilogy came out, and it's just as meaningful, Yeah, you know, to people who weren't even born mm-hmm. when these movies came into existence. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. wild. But you, I think you, you, we talked about this before, but you're, you, cause you saw the prequels first. Oh no, I, I, I did see the originals first. Um, but the prequels so, were the first things you saw in the theater. Episode two was my first theatrical. Mm-hmm. Same. I was a little too, I was a little too young to see Phantom Menace at the time. Um, and then trying to think of when I, okay, so. Yeah, episode four was the first one I ever saw. Um, that was at home uh, with my dad and sister. Uh, def- um, details on that are on the first episode of uh, Trench Run. Um, Empire, I think I remember watching that by myself, apparently. At home. At home. Was that special and then, or non-specialized? So... A New Hope, that one, I didn't... That was non-special edition. Uh, Empire and Return of the Jedi were special edition. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't aware of any changes except for what they said at the beginning of the VHS tapes. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, That's right. Because they do recap what they change. Leonard Moulton, right? Yeah. The interview with Leonard Moulton. I don't know why I remember that. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I think that's... I think that was like. Oh, the, that's the pre-special. That was the pre-special. Yeah, yeah, that's special editions. Uh, that's right. 
had like George Lucas and uh, mm-hmm. Rick Rick McC- uh, Rick McCallum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was. He was heavily involved with those special editions. So, but yeah. Um, so Empire watched by myself, which was big mistake, because <laughs> uh, of the um, big giant reveal. Oh, you're like, and, I'm the one to share this with. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I do remember running out of my bedroom at the time, and I was like, "Mom, is is Darth Vader looks." Father, like, him. and like, mom's like, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen those in a while. And it's like, <laughs> so, and, and that bugged me for about months. And then I also remember Fuck that it could three years. Oh <laughs> yeah, didn't even know when the turn was gonna come out. Like, it's not like they had yeah, like a was, release date when the turn came out. It was like right someday so, there's gonna be a conclusion to this. So yeah, I, de- I definitely didn't wasn't like. There wasn't a super huge gap, but I do remember it being within the same year because I remember at least covering a majority of the trilogy by then, and then then going into prequels. But um, Return of the Jedi, I actually watched with my sister Angela uh, at the time, and um, yeah, we watched it by ourselves that time time as well. And, but I actually, I remember missing out on the opening crawl because I had to do something, like our chore or something. And Angela had to catch me up because all I remember is walking in and see through from R2-D2 or walking to Jabba's Palace. I missed out on the Death Star 2 (laughs) thing in Vader. And then, then the whole rest of the movie played out. I believe... Angela got emotional at the end with uh, Palpatine and uh, uh, um, electrocuting Luke because that was pretty horrifying. Yeah, that that is as a kid, that's horrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and like, it's one way to know if the hero gets out. That is it. Hey, Toph. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, it's one thing to know if the hero gets out, and but like in that situation, that's like. Yeah, there's no way for him to get out. So, and, and definitely, I remember get getting. Uh, I don't remember crying, like with the Vader scene. Oh, you remember, baby? Yeah. <laughs> um. So, but I do remember uh, getting slightly emotional, like when he took the helmet off. Um, part of me. Should have been like, oh my gosh, he looks ugly. But for me, I was like, dude, he's looking at his son. I remember that mm-hmm. moment being very powerful. Mm-hmm. The music, um, like, it's like that low, like it's that low Darth Vader theme, like so good. Yeah, like the melancholy mm-hmm. Imperial March just mm-hmm. hit me. Um, then wh- what else? I mean, the first half of it's fun with Jabba's palace. I've always been fascinated with all the creatures there. Yep. Um, I've always kind of been curious as to, um, and I don't know if this was controversial, like when you were around, but I felt like the princess Leia in a bikini thing, my mom would have been like on top of that. Like close your eyes, Justin, don't look at that. 
but you were for 15, some, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> so I was like, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going I, there, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> there was no controversy around that. I remember more controversy around the Ewoks. <laughs> oh, really? Well, no, I've heard more of like, yeah, like, if there, if there were a boy born between 1968 and 1971, and you go see Return of the Jedi, you're like, I'm a man now. Some of the girls are like, oh, I remember, like, I, girls remember I remember feeling slightly uncomfortable <laughs> with that being in Star Wars, like, initially, just like... Yeah. Well, it gets more and more disturbing the older you get, you're like, she's, like, this is... Just chained to him. I mean, by like, any standard whoa. in any time period, that yeah. is one of the skimpiest outfits ever worn on the screen. And like, he's like, practically he's like naked. licking her with his giant nest. Yeah, it was, like, it was, ugh. it was, it was weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't remember that being a topic of conversation. Like, right? Like, like it wasn't like we were like, you know, mm-hmm. I can't believe they put the bikini thing in there. Right. Well, know. yeah, you don't, you don't. That's why you don't see uh, action figures of that right. from Disney. Yeah. <laughs> or, well, it or, helps that she. But, like she kills Jabba with her yeah. bare hands, and mm-hmm. then she's really helpful. Like on the top of the sail barge, like she's not totally a damsel in distress. Right, she really is an agent in that, and like they all contribute to like getting out of there. So I think that does help. Like I mean, she, she kind of empowers. Yes, she, she becomes empowered. She does that skimpy outfit. She 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 yeah she uh, she mm-hmm. she betrays that right. Like she right. she shows like no I ain't no right you know eye candy. A badass rebel. Like, yeah, and you know, but I mean, to be clear, that was. But like, <laughs> so I've always wondered this. This is probably we could take forever to talk about this. But <laughs> what was the plan? <laughs> I know people have debated this endlessly. Oh, what was oh the plan? yeah. Like, um, which plan is it? Plan is there four plans that like they had to revert to plan D or like was pretty the whole much thing the master plan? Right. Like I don't understand. Like, what the plan, the plan was. was the just get Han. Well, they had Lando in first. Right. Was he like supposed to help them in some way? Like was he supposed to get them, like just as a man on the inside? Like was the droid negotiation supposed to work and it didn't so Luke had to come or like what was the, you know like was was Leia supposed to get him out of the carbonate that time or did she like jump the gun right was she was she like too impulsive and broke the plan by getting in as the bounty hunter and and freeing him in the middle of the night with everyone there like and then getting captured like oh, what was the what was supposed yeah, to happen? You know, back then when the movie came out, yeah, never heard a peep about right. that. No one was, no one was, but there just wasn't a plan. Like, why did Luke come without a? He came with R two D two had the lightsaber in him, so Luke came without his lightsaber. Right. Like, what was the plan for that? Right. Um, well, I I don't know if you guys like, and they didn't show this uh, deleted scene until uh, two thousand and eleven with the Blu ray editions, uh, and plus, if you actually listen to the. Um, special edition soundtrack that's pretty much like a like listening to the movie without like any dialogue uh they do have a little section that was not in the movie where uh vader uh tries to communicate with luke through the force and then uh luke is like finishing up the construction on his lightsaber and Mm -hmm. he hands it to r2 um and uh so maybe that could have like been like a um, like plot thread. It seems that seems like he was putting he was intentionally getting the droids into Java's service, right? But they didn't check, or they were able to miss the lightsaber, right? Which because he would have had it confiscated if he just walked in, pretty probably. much. So he needed it. He couldn't. Have and plus, that. and plus, R two wasn't present in the Java's throne room at the time when he was confronting him. Right. So hence why he went for the blaster instead. But like. 
the whole Rancor bit was that was probably a curveball, but he, got, he improvised, right? He mm-hmm. wasn't expecting right. a, a Rancor thing. And then Le- I think I think Leia like broke. I don't think Leia was supposed to get Han out and get ca- herself captured and turned into a bikini slave. Like I think right. that was un- unplanned. But like Lando being inserted was obviously part of the plan. But like, yeah, they just. I think there was a plan, and at some point it went awry, and then they like improvised their way out. So like in that sense, it all works. Like it's it's like a fun like swashbuckling adventure in mm-hmm. a sense where it's like, you know, it's just like go along for the ride. Don't think about it too much. Like it's fun. They figured their way out of it, and it all worked out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and it takes forty five minutes, but it's like it's fun, and it's like its own thing. And you needed to do it to get Han back into the crew. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Of it. And I think I think that like the whole Jabba's Jabba the Hut himself. <laughs> the job Java's palace that whole sequence is it's again it's like it's kind of like it shouldn't work but <laughs> it's slug iconic yeah. like it's yep. but it shouldn't work like it's, <laughs> right it's just giant slobbering mount monster worm like what well, is that? I remember as a kid I was just like <laughs> like I think that was like the first time looking at like a character and just going like, Ugh. oh my gosh, Ew, gross. like, and then, and then like, and then, and then years later, I remember seeing uh, this like Phantom Menace version of Job of the Hut toy, like where like, you squeeze it and like slime comes out, <laughs> <laughs> and which is like, yep, still hideous as ever, huh? So, and um. There's, there's also another thing that I don't think we've really touched on. Uh, Yoda's death. Right. Uh, first time as a kid, I didn't get it. Or it didn't fully... like it. The idea of Yoda dying didn't wrap around my head that... Um, Neither did it Luke's. Like, Luke was right. like, what? You're dying? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm here to like, well, finish my even, <clears throat> even as a kid, I thought he was just still going, going to sleep for a very long time and then coming back later. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until he, he faded away. I'm like, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. I guess he's not coming back. This is weird. Um, but and and then like Yoda confirming that Luke is his father. That that kind of yeah, that there's another Skywalker, which is well, like, like, I understand without at first you have to really pay attention. Yeah, I had, I I did crap. not catch that. The mm-hmm. first multiple times viewing it, and then it wasn't until Obi Wan's talk that it was that was confirmed. Which that. is a good lesson in verbal gymnastics, of like, like heroically plugging plot holes. Right. <laughs> right. That point of that, it's like from a certain point of view, I'm like, oh, nice one, George. Like you're totally trying to fix my favorite. like two year two movies worth of complete contrivances. Is, she remains safely anonymous. Yeah, Leia. <laughs> well, like, she's the only. <laughs> Female outside of uh, Amber Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I mean, Luke, uh, that, I think for Luke, the light bulb goes off of, like, oh, that's, like, we have this connection. I don't know why. And I thought it was, like, romantic, but, like, oh, like, it's familial. Like, there's a, like, you could, there's a fine line, apparently, there. Oh, like, wow. Like, the light bulb, like, he, he can mm-hmm. sense it was Leia, because he can sense. Right. Things. The so he, like, ending of Empire. And she wasn't. She wasn't totally in tune with the Force, but, like, well, yeah, when they meet later, like, in the Ewok village, mm-hmm. I think she either just through natural ability, like, woman's intuition figures it out, or her own force sensitivity, like, the force connection is there, and then she, like, realizes. But, you know, they have other, like, yeah, retcon moments of, like, tell me about your mother, your real mother. And she's like, she died when I was very young. I'm like, yeah, really, really young. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Old. But, like, <laughs> like they, they fixed, the, you know, that 
if he hadn't said real mother, then it would have worked as like, oh, that's that's referring to like Leia's adoptive mother who died when she, when Leia was young. That's mm-hmm. who she thinks is her mother. But like, when he says your real mother, that is like, hey, you know you're adopted, right? And like she seemed to already know that. Yeah. And like they had already established that, so that kind of breaks things a little bit. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> It says to break. It says to break. That's what happens when you don't realize how many more movies you're gonna make. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or TV shows. But like, so yeah, that's like obviously the movie slows way down from like the Yoda all the way through, like all the way through the Ewok village and everything up to like the point of Luke turning himself in. That's like really more slow story like wrap up points. But like there there was a lot of loose ends to tie up both with yeah with Yoda with Obi Wan. That was a lot to tie up from the whole Dagobah stuff for Luke. To like get him to the point where he's ready to like, and you know, I'm joining you on the mission to Endor, right? Like he's ready to, mm-hmm. to join them. But we get we get the speeder bike chase, yeah. which was at the time that it came out. That was like high tech, cutting know? edge. Like yeah, what? Because the they like walked like slowly through the forest, and then like sped it up. I think is how they filmed that. Like the guy just like walked through the woods with like a steady cam, or the precursor to a steady cam, like for like hours or whatever it was and then they like, sped that way up for like the shots of like when you see like point of view for the speeder and then it yeah. was that that then, that like, sequence that sequence when it came out was very similar to the way people responded to the pod racing it was like mm-hmm. whoa mm-hmm. like that pod racing sequence was was right. groundbreaking right and i think that the speeder and to this day i mean like the like, I mean, how many iterations of the speeder bike have we seen? And how many mm-hmm. times have they used that exact sound effect? And that, like, it's it's a it's a part of Star Wars. Like, just that, that, that mode of transportation, the sound that it makes, the way people ride it. And, like, that's, it's an iconic piece of the story. Um, but I do, I, I go, I have, <laughs> what? Those are some of the in that period of the movie are some of the best C three PO moments that have ever yeah. been. He walks in as a god. Yes. And like the whole Luke's like all that them stuff like the force where he's where he's you know because three PO is kind of the only one that like everybody else is more or less a prisoner or yeah uh, helpless in that mm-hmm. situation and three PO. You know, like Thanks to Chewie stumbles stomach. his way into being the hero of <laughs> that, yeah. that part of the movie, and <laughs> as Ole was already there too, like they had a, they had adopted Leia as like yeah their mother or whatever. Her she was she was yeah she was just but she could have helped maybe if three PO couldn't, but, but <laughs> they were like, otherwise gonna eat them. Three <laughs> PO, tell them that if you don't release us, you will become angry. That's like, a, that's a lot of Qui-Gon in him there, right? That's something Qui-Gon would have done. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he like tricked the dice, you know? Like, that was some yeah. of my favorite. Like, the very definition of a good Jedi. Whatever. The scene where he's th- floating in the chair and he's like freaking out and they're all thinking he's a god and he's just sitting there going, <laughs> what is going on? Aren't you help me? It's, it's such a, you know, it's just, that's one of those scenes like, where like, Anthony Daniels comes flowing right out of 3PO. And then when, when just, you see 3PO is like retelling the story of Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. He's like using the sound effects and like it's in Ewokies but you totally understand it and I'm like yes. see like this is it like this is what people in other countries who don't understand English if even if they're not watching a dubbed version of Star Wars like they're getting it all. They're understanding the story. Mm-hmm. The story and like, the, the visual storytelling. Yeah. yeah. And they got like the little baby Ewoks and it's, like, it's really fun and cute and you kind of like 
yeah, it catches you up almost like, here's the stakes, we're setting the table for the big confrontation, like, we're doing the greatest hits, right, album, whatever, and like, right before the tour, here we go. Yeah, that's good. Did you watch it for the first time at home? Yeah, the uh, pre-specialized VHS versions. And then, but it wasn't long before, it wasn't long before the specials were coming out. I think we knew that the specials were coming out, and then that's when my parents were like, that's from Star Wars, right? Like, right. we're going to do the movie theater. And so, like, before that, let's watch these so that they can see it in the theater, too. Um, and I still have that VHS set of the pre-specialized. It's like the, you know, yellow, purple, and green set or whatever, like Darth Vader's face, the Stormtrooper's face. And oh, Yoda's. Yoda's face. Yeah, that's that set. That's what I have. I remember, I remember... Um, the first time I ever saw a VHS copy of the original Star Wars. And I think it, I mean, it retailed for like 100 to 50, 100. Was it the trilogy or just the first movie? Just the first movie. Wow. Mm-hmm. I just remember it being locked behind a glass panel <laughs> at this hi-fi video and audio store in the mall close to where I grew up. And it was locked behind this thing, and I was just like, oh, I could take like it top shelf and whiskey. watch it. Mm-hmm. That was back when, like, most people didn't have the right setup. A VHS, it. like that was when it was just coming out. And it was very mm-hmm. expensive and not accessible to everyone. And mm-hmm. I remember just this helpless feeling of like. I certainly didn't have the money to buy it. And my parents <laughs> it's were like, it's right there, but I they can't. Were, yes, it was it. literally like yeah. a, a copy of Star Wars. Yeah, watch it whenever I'm And home. I can't <laughs> have it. <laughs> and I remember just the torture. I would like, love like to Christmas. I would, I would <laughs> go to that treat. store when I was at the mall just so I could look at <laughs> it. Like that mm-hmm. copy of Star Wars on VHS. If they had it like playing in the window, the like kids would just yeah, camp out and watch it. They did. Just like never leave. Not in the window on the front, but inside they had yeah. it. Again, all. <laughs> and but that was that was like when, you know, it was kind of like the time when, equivalent of like when televisions first came out, but not everybody had one. Like you know, there'd be like maybe one family on your block that had a VHS player, mm. and it was like <laughs> the size of that storage box. It was like. This, Wow. It's very impractical. They um, would like eat the tapes probably a lot, right? Mm. I don't remember when I finally <laughs> got a hold of copies to watch at home, but I do remember watching it many, many, many times over and over. <laughs> and always, like every time it came out again on VHS or DVD, I, I remember, I remember lining up for midnight release for when the DVDs first came out in the '90s or early 2000s, I should say. Um, it was, that's just, that's, a, that's the thing. It's like, like, there's no, there's no, like, here's, here's Star Wars, which has been in theaters multiple times. It's, it's been on VHS for decades. And then you release it on DVD and people line up until midnight <laughs> to get a copy of it. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah, no other movie. There's no mm-hmm. other movie that that would happen for. Like, 
Like people mm-hmm. waited for so long for DVD copies of Star Wars. Like, Almost thirty years after it came out. Yeah, yeah it was a huge deal. <laughs> like and to this day, like you can keep re-releasing different box sets and versions and editions, and people <laughs> gobble it up. They just mm-hmm. it's like it's the same freaking movie. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I gotta have another copy. Yeah, well, there's a special feature on this one. Uh, it's even the same with like like the picture books. How they redid the picture books. I found them in Meyer. I'm like, this is so cool. It's like I've seen this a hundred times, but this is so cool. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, and I think it, it's, 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 I was even, I was talking, I was, uh, me and my daughter went, we went to, on a kind of a little nerd shopping spree, or at least circuit the other day, you know, and I was just, you know, circling through Target and, you know, we were talking about how, you know, for me, like, a big part of the experience of Star Wars was the act of going to Toys R Us, going to, at the time, for me, it would have been... The pilgrimages. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, and, like, the, 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 you know, it's like, I never get to this... I mean, I'm 53 years old, <laughs> and I still get giddy going into the toy out at Target or like the Target has like that Star collector Wars rack toys. back there. there they have like the collectibles area even separate from the toys yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it, there's something very right it's like even if I mm-hmm. even if I find a toy I already have it's cool to see it in a store <laughs> yeah. but why I don't know uh, <laughs> guilty as charged <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's just it's that whole experience right I think that's I think that's why I remember, I'll never forget that night when we were trying to find Rise of Skywalker Midnight. Oh, yeah. It was the first time uh-huh. I realized, like... It's not It's not going to be as big as the Last Jedi uh, release. Yeah. And it is, you know, to this day, like... Like you weren't having a hard time finding Midnight tickets for Rise? No, no, no. no it was there the was merchandise. no Midnight release of the toys. Oh, the toys. Like we were going around yeah, yeah, to like yeah. all the different stores, and they were like, "Yeah, we're not doing anything." Right. We're like, I don't know. I don't like, think oh, we'll no. have them someday. And yeah. Like what? Like that's because yeah, Last Jedi like killed like all those toys. Yeah, that was like that was like the big Last Jedi had like the last biggest toy run I mm-hmm. can think and, of. Like, all the unsold like so. roses and whatever like never got. Well, did Toys R Us sh- was gone? Yeah, they were, like, yeah. Like, Toys R Us was pro- would have probably had like the. Yeah. Still, like, led the charge if they were still around at that there's point. That, there's, like, a restaurant going up in that Toys R Us where you guys met at yes. 28th and Beltline. Yep. There's, like, some restaurant going up there now. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man. I, I, think <laughs> that, I think that that's... Yeah. It's, just, it, it's, it's something that resonates just well beyond the movies. Mm-hmm. You know? It goes... It reaches into a lot of different areas. I mean, even right now, like, here we are, like, you know... 40, 50 years after these movies came out and, you know, we're two days from the next Star Wars video game and it's like, <laughs> it's like buzzing. Like it's like, it's the biggest, one of the biggest video games that will come out this year. Like, how is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I think, I think it's, it's also worth, 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 if we're, you know, referring to Return of the Jedi, you know, it, it is pretty, I think, pretty unique in in the Star Wars sense of things in that until the sequels, I guess, 
but like Return of the Jedi is the only movie that has like a definitively kind of sad ending. Like in the first two movies, I mean, you know, Ben, I mean, Obi-Wan dying in, in A New Hope is not quite at the end. Mm-hmm. And then and then he keeps coming back as a force ghost. Right. Um, Emperor Strikes Back isn't a sad ending. It's more of like a cliffhanger. Like, mm-hmm. But Return of the Jedi is like... Like, well, it's like bittersweet. Sad. Mm-hmm. Like it's they're all celebrating sad. the end of the Empire and like destruction, but like, yeah, Luke's mourning in a way, but also like happy that... They like, it's almost like he wishes his... Like, it didn't have... Like, why did it have to be this way? Like, why couldn't I have found a way to get my dad back like pull Anakin, like Anakin was deep in there somewhere, and I got him out, but he died. But he dies. Like I didn't get to spend time. But then he gets to see the Force Ghosts, which hints at like maybe they'll be able to commune through the Force, like in the future. So he kind of is lifted up at the very end. Like he, the sad part is the funeral, the funeral pyre, where he's like, "Is that it?" And then it was like, it was, it was definitively <clears throat> like like the overwhelming sense. I think you hit on this as well. Like is that it was it was like he's dead. Like like there's the turn. Right. And he died. That cost him his life. Like, he's dead. Yeah, that was the he's price. Gone. Even though he shows up as a force ghost, you're like, you're still feeling like, oh my, ah, like it's a very. It's the tragedy of it. It's a very, yeah, it's a very, and you know, not knowing we were gonna get the whole Anakin right. story, it was still. Did we know very his name sad. was Anakin until? Yeah, Luke, yeah, they Luke do says... mention Anakin's name in the movie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because well, Obi Wan did Obi Wan tell him it? And well, yes. Mentions Anakin in the first movie. That's right. That's right. Doesn't he say? No. Anakin's name is not mentioned until Luke, Return of the yeah, Jedi. Luke, Luke drops it on Vader when they're having that, that conversation. No longer has any meaning. Yeah, did, for Luke, me. but the, Luke, yeah. did we hear Luke hear it from Ben in Return of the Jedi? Yeah, ben, Ben's the right. first one that says it. Right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love well, that tell the story of like, how the twins were born and, and separated and stuff. Oh, yeah, on the bridge and yeah. the, like, the, off-ramp, the ramp to the walker. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's the first glimpse that you get. Yeah. Other, I mean, I guess there's that very brief moment at the end of Empire where he says, Luke, or he says, son. Yeah, yeah. Like, in the Force, he right. says that. When they're flying by. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that tinge, but, like, it wasn't really mm-hmm. until that scene that you realize, like, oh, yeah, he's in there. There's a person in there. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the first time I really felt that. And that that was... That's when like, I think that, and then the end. It's like it's mm-hmm. it was so like I cannot emphasize enough like how weird that was for all of a sudden Darth yeah. Vader to become a person because he's like such on the warpath, especially in Empire, but even in the first movie, of course. Well, so you that, never like, see him. He's he's, he's yeah. just this villainous, ironically humanized. He's in a giant action figure running mm-hmm. around terrorizing mm-hmm. everyone. Like in Empire, you just see like the back of his head when the when the helmet comes back. Yeah. Like it's, but it's, he's like on full it's like it's full cat and mouse version. Like that is a whole cat and mouse game in Empire, but then the Evader in Return is a little more. He's a little more subservient because the Emperor is like there, so he's like a little more on his leash a little mm-hmm. bit. But then like yeah, it's much more this personal reconfrontation of like there was a raw encounter for both of them in Empire, and like now it's like, well now what? And like so the next encounter is like a little like touchy, and you start to like feel pity for the first time a little bit. Vader. Yeah, which because you realize that like, like Lucas is like he's, he's torn a between figure he's torn between it. like because at the end end of Empire Strikes Back right. he says like we can rule the galaxy as father and son like mm-hmm. in his own twisted way he's like saying like 
we can take on be, be my son I'm yeah. your father yeah. be my son we will rule the galaxy together like mm-hmm. as horrifying as that rule might have been like that was a father son moment like, right you know like where it was like I want you to be with me you know in some kind of way and then in Return of the Jedi it's like you said mm-hmm. it's more of like he's that that part of Vader is still there but it's like I'm I'm you know my hands are tied like right. mm-hmm. like there's I, like I don't, more have, more. I don't have an effective way to break free of right. you know if if he and Luke just like it's too we're standing on that thing and they're like let's just bail like right. you know, Palpatine would be right on their tail yeah. like they would have mm-hmm. no escape you the know? one thing I said is like that's why it's too late for me son like yeah like he's like I'm too far early, gone. yeah too, earlier maybe I would have but like. I wish I could, but I can't. It's kind of like, you hear that? Like, oh, it's so tragic and sad. The one thing that's, that's, that's what makes that can't. last ac- yeah. encounter in front of Palpatine so it. powerful yeah. was that, you you know, Palpatine is, you know, up until that last moment where Vader picks him up, he wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you will die. He's like, that yeah. was going to happen. He's going to kill him. He's getting electrocuted. Like, there's no way yeah. out of this. He's going to kill him. The one thing I do really love live. from Empire to Return you have that conflict of Vader wanting Luke on the dark side, but not to serve the Emperor. Right, he, right. To overthrow the Emperor. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And to serve with him. Which then, mm-hmm. in light of the prequels, is like, because like his whole thing was, he everything he did was to like save Padme's life, and then it didn't work. So like maybe he like transferred that over to, like, well, now that I know I have a kid, like I don't really want to have to kill my kid, so like I'm going to like wound him and like offer this twisted like alliance so that at least it keeps him alive. So I'm going to do whatever I need to do to keep my kid alive, which even if it means pulling him to the dark side and like rule as Sith lords together, like at least he's alive, right? Mm-hmm. So like which is grasping so reminiscent for like, of yeah. Anakin in the prequels. Exactly, like, yeah. Something like in light feels. of the prequels that recontextualizes the OT yeah. stuff like really well. But the thing I I, 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 I really love about that conversation with like Luke and Vader and Return of the Jedi is George Lucas did such a good job at leaving that like open ended in mm-hmm. so many spots to where into with what's going on today with like Kenobi, the Vader comics that have been coming out, mm-hmm. it kind of ties into that. So like with Kenobi, how he's like, well, Luke said, join me. He's like, Obi-Wan once thought as you did. Kind of mm-hmm. ties into mm-hmm. Kenobi's show, him and Obi-Wan and Mustafar. And you have it where he goes, I must obey my master. Mm-hmm. New Vader comics, Vader challenges Palpatine and gets wrecked. So then there's that, well, if I don't fall in line... Right, then yeah. I know what's I'm, coming. Yep. Yeah. He whooped me once, mm-hmm. but if he does it again, I'm I'm a goner. Which is what makes Palpatine such a perfect villain. Like, yeah. right? mm-hmm. like he's just... And in Kenobi too, when he's, Palpatine challenges Vader at the end, yeah. and Vader, Vader has that moment where he's like, Palpatine's like, if your past cannot be overcome, end of sentence. Then... Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I serve you and only an entire you. legion of, uh, yeah, of inquisitors who would be like, who could step up to be my right hand man. Like, if I need to turn off your life support, that's all it would take. Because mm-hmm. that, that he held that over him. That whole suit is like, is a cage for Vader because mm-hmm. it's, he's vulnerable in that mm-hmm. suit. And like, Palpatine could just like turn it off for him and die. All of, all of that <laughs> is what makes the things that happen in the sequel trilogy so frustrating. Because yeah. it's like, why you should have either put Palpatine in from the beginning or mm-hmm. not brought him back at all. And it was frustrating that they brought him back the way they did because on the one hand, I remember seeing that trailer and hearing Palpatine laugh and I was like, 
super excited. Like, we get the Emperor back, right? But then you watch the movie and you're like, like that? Oh, man. But then when he's on screen, I'm still like, oh, he's, man. He's so good. He's so good as Palpatine. Yeah, exactly. he's having fun doing it, too. So yeah. I, remember, I feel like that's the only saving grace like, that I have with that. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that, like, the clip of uh, Ian from Celebration. He comes Roll out. It again. Roll it again. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. oh, just that voice. Oh, that, that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> that still gives me goosebumps. I, I think the, the, the best part for me in that of Rise of Skywalker is that opening thing opening scene yeah, with, with him and Kylo yeah. and he's walking he goes my boy I've been the, like that yeah. oh, no the sound yeah. effects the way his voice sounds the, all the screeching like decayed fingers he looks nasty yeah yeah and like the, when, he's, when he says I'm every voice that's been inside your, your head. head Like and it goes from that's, Snow that's, to Vader that is Palpatine like <laughs> perfectly and, and if they would have developed that over the three movies, it yeah. would have been perfect. Mm -hmm. right. That's why I do like that they're trying to use the Bad Batch and Mandalorian to kind of show. Because right. Palpatine's always been like that. He's like, I got another plan. Right. Like, and the fact that he drops the, you know, the dark side is the pathway to many, many abilities. I think Kyle's like, like, what can you offer me? And he's like, everything. Yeah. And he's mean, like, oh. He's the ultimate, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, even though he's he's, but then they ship Raylo, and then that's that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a kiss. Just like I think it's princess. it's. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of the most like, it's what makes the sequel trilogy for me. The thing that makes the sequel trilogy the most frustrating is just the inconsistency of the storytelling. That's that's where I really yeah. struggle with, like, how could you not, like, like the I think that's what makes the prequels better now is that. Well, at least I can tell what the story was. Like, yes, there are times when I literally almost can't watch. <laughs> like, where I'm like, right. oh, that's just so yep. bad. But I know the story. And it's very clear. And there's no real loopholes there. And in the sequel trilogy, I have to force myself to ignore that. To enjoy the things that I like about it. Like, And that's very frustrating. Yeah. Um, there's nothing worse than just like where you're just like what the hell is even going like <laughs> and, and plus if you like look at it from like a timeline point of view we still have 20 years at least yeah give or take yeah 15 20 I think right telling the story like, between, like, between, like between between like Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens Force yeah oh Return of the Jedi yeah, it's like 30 years and like Mando which is like yeah yeah. And I think you can do good storytelling in that space. Yeah. But I don't know that anything can change. Like, like the things that, like, people are always talking about, like, oh, you know, they're going to do, like, what the Clone Wars did with the prequels. It's like, yeah. it's not quite the same, because the prequels were just movies that weren't executed very well. But I was never confused about the story. Right. What they're doing with the sequel trilogy is like, oh, well, now we got to go back and fix something. Mm-hmm. In the storytelling, make, make somehow Palpatine return make more sense, right? Yep. Yeah, which I mean, to your point, like it does make sense. Like if you're out sweaty, like we are, like you know yeah. that you he gave that talk in plans. the thing where he says, and it's out of the EU. Like there was a clone emperor in the EU, and they like oh, a dark like, empire, they, like found yep. Luke's hand, yeah. and cloned it, and like turned it into like a dark side clone Anakin, of Luke. Of yeah. Luke. Like there's all this crazy stuff that happens in the EU. Well, it's and it would not. It's not <clears throat> a leap at all to say that the Sith are obsessed with immortality. Like that's right. not. Yeah. 
in itself, like, well, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Like, that's... Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, that's perfectly logical. Yep. But, like, mm-hmm. it's just the way it was done. I remember being in the theater, and it was in the crawl, and I was like... That's the dead speak. Because it came out of Fortnite, right? Isn't that, like, how it... Like, it was announced over, like, in a Fortnite live event that, like, regular people aren't going to, like, notice. Like, Palpatine's coming back. That's what I've heard, but, again, I didn't... supposed to go into Fortnite at a certain time and, like, watch... Like up on the the the, the like sky, like in oh yeah, sky the writing. Uh, there was like some weird like in universe like you had to like be in this game. Like, yeah, I think I think like the, they had like a, a level on Exegol because yeah. I remember it was either my sister <laughs> so or somebody weird. else was telling me about this. I'm like, I don't know, yeah. I don't play Fortnite. So you're like to tell me like to make so. sense of this movie, I'm gonna go see. I go after like. Go get into a different, like into a video game, like a mobile game. That's like not, and like not even Star Wars. That's like for to me, it's like, that's, it's that like is weird marketing. Yeah. That is a sign of the times. That's <laughs> yeah. that's that's yeah. that's how you do marketing. I guess you know, it's um, not like you can just throw happy. You can create Fortnite out fans out of Star Wars and Star Wars fans out of Fortnite fans. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do, and that, it, it makes marketing sense. Yeah, but for people who are just Star Wars fans, it's like. Um, <laughs> care about Fortnite, like but all right we could probably talk all night so i guess we should probably wrap it up at this point so yeah and uh i I think at the end of the day um with return of the jedi it is definitely a good closer um and i also think that not only do i have this like big principle of star wars having the uh, element of fun in order for it to work for me I also have to have uh, hope connected to it fun and hope as long as it has those two things or maybe at least one of those things then it did its job well and I think that it the film that handles those two elements the best um, yeah definitely had fun with the beginning of it and definitely had fun with the end of it and the um ending was definitely hopeful i mean i know you've said multiple times that it was sad um i do remember being sad um watching the end of it but at the same time it i left it hopeful uh as well i think so too um, it's so and I, and i think that there's so many twists in it where oh this might not end well like the mm-hmm. rebels getting captured mm-hmm. in the trap, right? Luke going after Vader, like his shield is still operational. Yeah, and like, yeah. Into it and... It's a trap. Yeah. Then yeah, like Vader, Luke clearly going over the edge. So there, there. I mean, on each battlefront, there's like the mm-hmm. oh, this could not end well. Kind of like with we were watching the finale. It's like Bo-Katan might die. Oof, Din might not make it out of this one. It's like, Grogu might not, yeah, Grogu <laughs> might not. He's trying to get that that was It's just such such a well done storyline that you're 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 tied into it. Mm-hmm. And then when it turns back around, it's like, oh, they got a fighting chance. So, and I think, so and I think it's also it's also what I do remember, and I still feel this way. As much as I've grown to love the prequels, um, I remember after seeing all the prequels in theaters and then watching them a few times at home and whatever. And I remember thinking the difference, the difference for me and the, and what the end of return of the Jedi proves, especially when it comes to Luke and Vader is that what, what really truly drives 
my love of the original trilogy is the characters. It's the it's the characters, and it's the connection to all the, that all the characters have with each other, um, and that's what makes the end of Return of the Jedi so powerful. Um, and I didn't feel that with with the prequels. There were things I loved about the prequels, but I never really felt the connection to the characters that I feel with Luke and Han and Leia and R two and three PO and Vader and the, you know the, the, there's just something about how that's all done, which is what makes the end of Return of the Jedi I think so effective. Is this these you care about these characters, you know, and even the little thing with you know Han where he's like. <laughs> the two moments the two moments with Han the one first where where um where he where Leia first tells him that it yeah he's her brother he's like and you can see in his head he's going but what about that kiss right and then he goes cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> because he's first he's like I won't get in the way like I see what you guys have like I can't compete with that and she's like oh you silly goose like I'm worried because he's my brother and he's like yeah, he's doing the math. You can see it, like his brain exploding. <laughs> like, oh, phew. Okay, we're good. And, and, <laughs> Back and on track. I, I had such a. I, I, I think I mentioned this before. Like I started. I've, I'm about to finish reading um, the Princess and the Scoundrel, mm-hmm. and it is such a good. The first part of that book is such a good sequel to the Battle of Endor. Like it's really, really good, and it really does a really good job of like telling the story of Han and Leia and like what their relationship was like in the immediate aftermath of mm-hmm. the Battle of Endor. And again, it's what it's what makes those like these characters are so well done. They are really, you know, the performances of the original, you know, trio and the supporting cast is just like there's there's just an an it's and it, that's what makes people so passionate about why they don't like the sequels, right? It's cuz it's like yeah. You took characters that we've loved for so long, and you never put them on screen together. Yeah, well, you have a coherent plan. Yeah. Well, and plus, I don't know who it was, but I think actually, I think it might have been Ben from uh, Star Wars Underworld, and he said that he he kind of gave me something to really think about too, and he it was it was about like why he. He's okay with uh, the the three the three. Well, he's he's said that that one was just okay, and I'm still and I'm on board with the Last Jedi just being an okay movie, not great, not bad, not as horrendous as people are saying. Right. Um, But um, but he said that what makes the Return of the Jedi ending more powerful now that the sequel trilogy is out is that the fact that we know that that's the last time that they're all together or that we see them all together. Mm-hmm. It staples, uh, it doesn't, it never takes that moment from Return of the Jedi's ending away from it. That's true. That's so, and, and and looking back, I'm, I'm like, oh, okay. It, yeah, it does kind of like, I mean, as much as it would have been cool to see Lucan and Leia back in The Force Awakens, um, it would have essentially took, taken that away 
from Return of the Jedi. Especially because so, like, New Republic you're founding gets right. like, nuked in the first movie and your kid like kills your dad and is the big bad guy. Like all the terrible things that happen in the sequel movie, like as far as the story and the plot. Mm-hmm. It's like the First Order destroys the capital that of this new government that was secured at the victory of Endor, right? Like, it all ends up, like, that bat, that celebration on Yavin 4, or on, on Endor, um, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, we won the big game in high school, but it's like, there's a whole life you have after that, and it's like, mm-hmm. so, like, you can have a terrible life after high school, but, like, at least you had that fun celebration of winning the big game on homecoming night. <laughs> but, like, it's going to get a lot worse. Right? I think I think that's that's why, that's one, of, that's one of the reasons why the sequel trilogy is... is because they instead of choosing to continue the story in an effective way, they rebooted it. Yeah, that's the direction and they chose. Like, why didn't you just tell? Why didn't you just continue the story instead of telling it over again? Yeah. Take Luke out. Put Ray in. Because there was no apparent material other than the movie, so they had to start over. Yeah, like an external threat would have been a good idea, because then you have like remnants of the Empire with the New Republic have to work together to overcome an external threat of some kind. Like you can invent even just a new, from the other side of the galaxy or a different galaxy, that like this new threat, right? Yeah, and like or, or, that's perfect. Or have yeah, have the the chiss coming in, like the chiss. Or like the, yeah, like the simplest something. thing, the yeah. simplest thing to have done that everybody would have expected, is to have Luke at the head of a new Jedi order. Right. Like yeah. that would just make and all even sense struggling with it. It's fine, but like yeah, yeah, it's like it's up and running, but it's hard work. It's like building yeah. a community out of nothing. And that's what that's what's yeah. frustrating to me is that I don't I don't dislike Kylo. What? Ah, uh, time. Oh, I, I don't dislike the idea of the story of a person who's a legend, who loses faith in himself, who has to redeem himself. But they just plucked it out of nowhere. Like, I don't even know. I just right. had to take that story at face value. Like, he didn't learn yeah. any of it. Right. And it didn't make any sense. And I think that that's, again, the original trilogy, as much as there were some things that were added as, as they went it's still pretty much tracked, right? And so that's why by the end of the original trilogy, we feel very differently than we did at the end of Rise of Skywalker, right? Because it was consistent storytelling. One person, more or less, you know, telling a story. George Lucas, you know, using other people to execute what is his characters and story. And I think that's why, in my opinion, I mean, nothing will ever surpass the original trilogy. That's what launched it all and that's what that's the standard I think that for better or worse that's why I've always said Star Wars is its own worst enemy because it's like Star Wars will always be compared to itself i.e. the original trilogy and Mm -hmm. will probably always fall short of itself so Mm -hmm. (laughs) the times when it's best is when in my opinion is when it like things like Kenobi or things like where it's like where they really dig and reach into that vein of the original trilogy, story, trilogy storytelling and, and yeah. do something effective. But all right, that concludes our uh, May the Fourth episode. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did, and thank you so much for uh, tuning in on this very special day. As far as uh, the future of uh, Trench Run, a uh, Star Wars Visions episode is scheduled sometime this month. It's scheduled for May fourth. Oh, nice. Oh, the the. The volume, volume two is, um, but I think 
Is it the whole thing or just one episode? Uh, just it's it's the whole it's the whole volume too. Oh. So from different studios. That's all coming out on May fourth. Yep. So so it's so it's not just Jedi Sweet. the young Jedi thing <laughs> that I'm not gonna bother with. <laughs> Preschool show. Yeah. yeah. I might peek at it. You're you're braver show than your, I am. Show your <laughs> I'll peek at it. Um That's also what's gonna happen on May the fourth. Um well our the Star Wars Visions episode we're doing is probably gonna happen afterwards. And I uh, am in the talks with having a guest on for that one. And then um, I'm kind of up in the air about Jedi, Jedi Survivor doing something with that, but I'm pretty sure something will come up soon. And then after that, we'll be taking a bit of a break, and then we'll either come up with some new episodes or just dive into Ahsoka in August. But until then, may the Force be with you. Always. Always.